Hello again, I'm Alan Weiss with The Uncomfortable Truth. That was sad music, and that's sad because I'm talking today about the death of sales, and that's The Uncomfortable Truth. There was a trend building well before this current coronavirus crisis. Everything from pet medicine to cars could be found and purchased online and delivered fairly quickly. It's delivered in many cases in one day. It's easier for me to order from places than it is for me to drive over there. Once upon a time, companies, through their sales approaches, techniques, various methodologies, provided information excuse me, to consumers you know, or other businesses to whom they sold, B2B, B2C, and that information was parceled out until it was interacting and the buyer was hooked somehow until the information was sufficient to create a sale. Today, the consumer is far more educated or can easily become more educated quickly than most people who work for the seller. There are two primary reasons for this. The volume of information that's available online all over the place and the power of peer-to-peer referral. In the first case, volume of information, we can find out the car dealer's cost of a car from the manufacturer or competitive quotes from various insurance companies, you name it, there's no need to haggle, no need to seek information, no need for, quote, my manager to approve a special discount for you, unquote. In the second case, the power of peer-to-peer referral, we implicitly accept the opinion of trusted others. If I need a knee surgeon, an accountant, a new washing machine, a vacation spot, I ask people I trust who have been there and done that who have purchased something and used it. We don't browse, we ask. Jonah Berger, who's a pal of mine, spoke for me at one of my conventions, has written Contagion and Invisible Influence. Uh, His newest book is The Catalyst. But in these first books I mentioned, he talks about the role of peer-to-peer influence. Now, in the 80s, Bob Cialdini, who I also know, wrote Influence, a very popular book for decades. And Cialdini wrote about techniques for influence, such as scarcity, creating scarcity, only available today. I mean, take a look at the infomercials, right? Only if you order now. Or a consistency of yeses, where he gets people, he suggested people keep getting a yes answer until there's a request, the ask, to buy the product. But what Berger's talking about is that the majority of buying made at certain levels, and this is corporate and individual, is done through peer-to-peer influence, and his research found that only 4% of that is really over the internet. Most of it is physically interpersonal. And Berger and others today are highlighting the power of this and even normative pressures as bigger influences to buy than any sales technique. You know, who needs a $600 pair of sneakers or whitener to keep the sneakers white? And I'm calling them sneakers because that's what I call them and wear. That's what I call what I wear. Or who needs to wear a baseball cap backwards, shielding your face from the sun with your hand? Or women wearing shoes that are killing their feet because they want to be in four-inch heels? And I read Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman, and they talk about a guy who is a dying ember, a smile and a shoeshine, is what they said. My father was a salesman for a long time before he became a roofer. He sold fuller brushes. He sold baby tenders. He sold tobacco. He sold all kinds of things. 
And when I was very young and my mother was busy doing something, he would take me on as full of brush calls, knocking on doors in apartment houses, and I'd sit on a couch trying to mind my own business while my father tried to sell full of brushes for a buck to the people at home. And they let him in. I saw Brian Dennehy's Tony Award-winning Broadway performance in Death of a Salesman as Willie Loman, the late Brian Dennehy. And I saw David Mamet's Tin Men and Glengarry Glen Ross with high-pressure sales, meeting quotas. But it's no longer that kind of hustle. It's no longer timeshare salespeople ringing a bell when they make a sale, having lied pretty much about amenities, availability, and even the neighbors. One of my favorites in the islands was that Dolly Partner or Glenn, Dolly Partner or Glenn Smart or who knows who had the, had the timeshare just down the street. Death of a salesman is becoming death of sales. Examine your own habits. You don't go into McDonald's to browse. And even the server who's told you his name is Bruce and he's really happy to be with you, does he really influence your meal choice? I don't think so. Do you believe anything an auto salesperson tells you? Especially the lower the price of the car, the more that's true. Relationships, not sales, are forging business today. Look at McKinsey's habit of consulting, and I mean habit. They leave an executive behind to be hired by the company, and then guess who that executive brings in to consult? And a few years later, the executive resigns from the company, wealthier, and rejoins McKinsey. It's called a perpetual money machine. To me, the key today and tomorrow is to enable the customer to buy. You got that? Enable the customer to buy, not sell. That includes transparent websites and access to customer feedback, honest, candid customer feedback. That's why you're seeing all these ratings requests, survey requests today from Amazon, hobby shops, hotels, everybody. Years ago, Citibank was under a lot of pressure from its... uh, its customers, and some of its customers put up a site called CitibankSucks.com. And they complained and complained and complained, and it was full of this stuff. Finally, Citibank got smart, and they put up their own site, and they welcomed the CitibankSucks.com people and reprinted all their comments, and then they explained, this is true, we're going to change it, and here's what we're going to do. This is true, but we're having trouble changing it. Give us your suggestions. And this isn't true what you're saying here. And so people came to trust them. That's transparency. Another key is brand power, which creates an emotional call to action, not an intellectual assessment. I admit to you firsthand that no one needs a Bentley for transportation, but I love driving it. Somebody likes your suit and you say, thank you, it's a Brioni. And then number three, there are influences. Some are formal on social media, some are informal, who others choose to follow because of their taste or their success, or other people just want to emulate their class. I've had people buy every briefcase I've purchased, even custom-made ones. I've had them purchase every pen I've purchased. This tends to stop at the Bentleys, by the way. Number four are configurable products and services. Liberty Mutual, which is advertising so much all day, I want to kill that stupid emu they have. Still, it touts the insurance that you need, nothing more. They'll custom design only the insurance you need. Apple, of course, has always allowed you to configure a computer, and Dell began that many years prior. Rolls allowed me to configure that car completely at a computer. My prediction is that watches and washing machines and vacation accommodations are all going to follow suit. 
You know, I've never sold a thing in my life except demonstrated my expertise and my advice and my quality. That's all I've done, and people will buy from me because of that. I just enable the buyer to buy, and after that, I accept the money. You should be doing that too. The sales profession is going the way of the Stegosaurus, and I advise you to get the hell out of Jurassic Park. That is the uncomfortable truth. (laughs) 